If you want to build a successful business, you got to start with the pyramid. Find out how on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Social Pilot, the social media and marketing tool for bloggers and small businesses. Join over 20,000 social media pros at servenomaster.com backslash socialpilot today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. I'm recording a little bit earlier today in the hopes that it will be quieter, but sounds like my hopes are not going to come true. It's windy, there are birds singing, and one of my neighbors has just started hammering. It's almost as though they know when I'm recording, and they start hammering the second I do. So please forgive me, I'm moving as far away from the noise as I can. But as I move away from the hammering, I'm moving toward a really loud bird. So I'm forced to choose between the bird and the hammer. One thing I notice in many of the business models around me is that there's no depth to those companies. They have a single product line, they run it very, very effectively, but it also means that a lot of the people that come into their business get spun back out because they don't have the one thing that fits them. And what I want to teach you is how to build a business with a little bit more breadth to it. Over the years, I've moved closer and closer to that business model to where I have a little bit more of a streamlined pyramid than what I started out with, but I want you to see that there's value in the breadth of offerings. Once you build a single product line, you want to add some breadth to it so you can appeal to a wider audience. So more of the people who find you can get brought into your offers, your funnels, your money-making strategies. And the reason I call this a pyramid is because that's the shape. You could also call it a triangle. At the bottom, it has the greatest breadth, and at the top, it's the thinnest. And you can think of this the same way as you look at military strategy. If you're in the military or if you've worked for a large corporation, maybe you've seen a TOE, the table of equipment, table of operations, which is a list of all the equipment and people and resources you have available to go to battle with you. And this list is everything. In the same way, you need to know what you need to build your business. So when I started out building Serve No Master in 2016, I sat down and I wrote my TOE. I said, here's a list of how I want to structure my business. And I spent three years building it. And since then, I've spent time refining and improving it. But that foundation has served me very well. So the important part of this process is to have a plan, a strategy before you get started. The sooner you draw out a plan for your business, the more likely you are to succeed. And I encourage you to get a, a piece of paper today and draw this out. I always draw out my pyramids by hand. I always have. Maybe you're more of a mind map person, and that's fine. If you use a mind map, you might end up with a different shape. You probably will. Absolutely fine. You'll end up with a wheel with wheels and wheels around it. So you can think of the center of your mind map as the top of a pyramid, totally fine. You can use any shape that you want. And you want to plan where you want your business to be one, three, and five years from now. And what we're going to do in today's episode is create a product line. And if knowing where your business is going to be three years from now gets you excited, please hit the upvote, the thumbs up below this video on my YouTube channel. Because that encouragement, those thumbs up, those views, and those times you hit the subscribe button, all of those help to keep me afloat, help to keep me listening. Because I need listeners... I don't want to record these for no one to hear. And it just started raining. Exciting times. When you're designing your order of operations, your order of equipment, your plan, your pyramid, what you want to build out is your dream. 
say, if I had unlimited funds and unlimited time, what would my business look like if I could put all the things in place? And what we're really looking at here is your offerings. Everything you want to give away or sell to potential customers. Down the line, we're going to build our business using this pyramid, but our initial strategy is to just put all of our ideas in a single place and have a little bit of structure to them. What we want to develop is a plan B or a layered defense. This means that if people don't buy one thing, there's something else they can buy. This will increase your lifetime customer value. This will increase the relationship you have with your audience. This will allow you to go from being a product to a business. One of the mistakes many businesses make is that they have a single offer. And if anything goes wrong with that offer, if anything changes or people get tired of that offer, the market shifts, they're out of business. And I don't want that to happen to you. One of the core tenets of my business model is adaptability. And so the pyramid provides you depth and defense that if one plan doesn't work, you have another plan behind it. The worst thing that can happen to you is that you go through the process of creating a product, launching a product that doesn't work, and you're suddenly scrambling because you got to catch up on your bills. We're trying to avoid that happening to you by planning in advance. As they say, failure to plan is planning to fail. The danger is when your business has a single point of vulnerability. One of the most common single points of vulnerability is a single traffic source. Now the rain's really picking up now. If you have a single point of vulnerability, that means your business can be taken out by a targeted strike. An example of a single point of vulnerability is if you work for a company and all of your revenue comes from that one place, then that company is your single point of revenue. Many people are seeing that during the current economic climate where a flu-like disease from China is causing millions of people to lose their jobs around the world. A single point of vulnerability doesn't mean it's your fault. It means the opposite. It means something outside your control can put you out of business. Another single point of vulnerability is if you build a business and you have one client. You're a consultant, great. But you have a single client. If that client goes out of business, you go out of business. You could be doing a great job. They can love your work. But if anything affects their bottom line, then you go out of business too. This is why the first thing I teach you is that once you have revenue stream is to diversify, to protect yourself from that. And this is the same idea. If you have a single source of traffic and something happens to that traffic source, imagine if you were killing it 20 years ago with traffic from MySpace. Everyone abandoned ship and dumped to Facebook, you'd be out of business. Technically, MySpace still exists. In fact, my page from MySpace from the 1990s still exists. I looked it up about a year and a half ago to see, I wonder if that page is still around. Because I remember a time when bands didn't have websites. Bands had MySpace pages. But MySpace got greedy, put too many ads on their page. At a certain point, more than 50% of your screen was ads on MySpace. Now, Facebook is doing the same thing, right? They're shoving as many ads as they can get away with. That's what everyone does. How many ads can they show you before you stop visiting their website? That's the big question. Turns out the number is pretty high. But when you have this single point of vulnerability, then you're always in danger of going out of business. The same thing happens if you have a single product. Eventually, either you sell it to every single possible consumer or there's a market shift. This doesn't mean that you can't have a flagship product. I certainly do. But then you want to build a bulwark around it of other offers so that people who don't buy the flagship product can still buy other stuff from you. So you may start building a silo, which is a stream of products from free to most expensive along a single line, and then you want to build a pyramid around it to bring in more traffic sources and to have more offerings and to maximize your customer lifetime value. I don't want you to build a business that has a single point of vulnerability, that a single shift can put you out of business. For a long time, I ran a search engine optimization company in Nashville, Tennessee. One day, Google changed the rules and all of my clients' websites dropped in the rankings, and I was out of business within 24 hours. I had a single point of vulnerability that was outside of my control. And so I want to talk to you about the pyramid. And the reason it's big at the bottom and small at the top is because it's ranked by access to you. 
You could develop a very thin pyramid. That's okay. You might even build almost a silo where you have one product at each level. Right now, my focus is absolutely broadening the base. The base of your pyramid is your cheapest offers. So as people go up the pyramid, up in levels, the price goes up and the access to you increases. So people at the very bottom are people who take something for free from you. And that's the largest segment of any business's following. I have a lot of free gifts. I give away lots and lots of stuff for free. And you can consider this podcast part of that. I don't charge for podcast episodes. I don't have a Patreon account. I don't have premium podcast content you could pay extra for access to. None of that. This is totally free because it's base of my pyramid. At the base of my pyramid, you can also find blog posts and all my giveaways. So you go one level up from the free content for everyone. And then the level above that is the free content for people who give their email address. They do a barter, which we've covered in a few of the previous episodes, and they give me that email address. And I say, okay, great, here's your book. Here's your mini course. Here's your PDF. Here's your training. And as I taught you in a previous lesson, this is a one-way communication. This is an ebook, so you don't get to hear my voice or see my face. It's the bottom of the pyramid. You go one level up, that's where you have your products that are in the $7 to $47 range. Here, these are the programs that take, should take a customer an afternoon to go through. It should be a good bit of content. It should teach them something really valuable. If you go through one of my programs at this level, my blueprints, you'll hear my voice, but you will see no videos. As you go further up the pyramid, the next level above that is my video courses. This is where you'll see slideshow videos that I've spent a lot of time designing and adding content to. And there's a lot there. And as you go up, the access increases to me. You get access to the private Facebook group, which means you can ask group questions and I answer them in a group environment, but not in real time. It's not a group coaching call. A level above that, as you work your way up, you start to move into areas where there's group coaching, then there's one-on-one coaching, then there's in-person coaching at the very top. And you should price your in-person coaching so that you sell very little of it. You want to make it so expensive that it's an outlier because the last thing you want to do is sell 100 group coaching slots that you can't manage to maintain. If you don't want to group coach, if you don't want to personally coach anyone, you price your one-on-one coaching so high that no one will do it. One of my friends went to a coach that blew my mind. I can't remember who it was, but my friend Jamie went to hire a business coach, and here's how it works. You had to show up with a briefcase with $100,000 in cash in it, and you'd have a meeting with this person. They would decide whether or not to take you on as a client. If they took you on as a client, they would keep the briefcase. If they did not take you on a client, they would donate the briefcase to charity. Talk about a test. That's the highest level that I know of. I do know of other people that are in the million-dollar range for one-on-one coaching, but that's outside my circle. Now, I want you to sit down today and start drawing out your pyramid. Say, what's every different type of thing I could give away for free? What's every different product idea or service that I could price at each level of the pyramid? The pyramid is not written in stone. You don't have to make a course that people don't want just because it's on your pyramid. What you're doing is writing a roadmap for the future so you have a rough idea of where you're going. I use my pyramid all the time. I wrote my pyramid, I think, five years ago, four or five years ago. And I spent years building it out. I've built now almost everything on my original pyramid. So now I'm modifying and adding new layers. So right now, a lot of people see what I'm doing and say, that's so crazy. Why is Jonathan only doing free stuff? I'm not releasing new courses. I'm not releasing new products. I'm only doing the bottom of my pyramid this year because the top of my pyramid is solid. I'm really happy with where it is right now. The top of my pyramid, my coaching levels are exactly what I want. The highest thing I offer right now is my group coaching package. And I'm very happy at that level. I don't like to do a lot of one-on-one coaching because I don't like to have a schedule. So my pyramid is built a little bit around my desires. And once you have your pyramid built, you know that people who enter the pyramid have a certain value. 
once you have, I have all the upper pieces built, well then I'm gonna add more layers to the bottom so more people enter the pyramid. I was recently explaining to some of my team that if my value per person who enters the pyramid drops in half, all I have to do is double my traffic to keep the numbers the same. It's that simple. Now use two ways you can build your pyramid. There's from the top down and the bottom up. You do it from the top down, that's how I started. I started off selling a $2,000 product on webinars. I would get a few joint venture partners, promote, make some sales, they would keep half the money. And that funded Servo no Master while I built out the rest of my pyramid. Now I'm focusing on the other direction. So sometimes you focus on the top, sometimes you focus on the bottom. I spent the last six months building out the top and I'm really happy with it. I built out my perfect flagship product and now everything else leads towards that. So what I'm building is now towards a new top of the pyramid. So we're just restructuring things a little bit. So I can focus more on books, blueprints, free gifts, podcast episodes, blog posts that all lead towards this same destination. You can modify and grow from your pyramid, but your business will always be structured this way. You will always have more people who take your free stuff than take your most expensive stuff. Now, it's very possible, and this has happened to me, that at certain times of your business, different levels of the pyramid generate the most revenue. For a while, the middle of my pyramid was where all the revenue came from. Right now, it's the top. But it could certainly change again. What we're designing and I'm trying to help you do is the same thing if you read The Secret where they say you need to put together a vision board. A vision board is where you draw pictures of your dream future. Usually you cut out pictures of magazines of like rich people and beautiful people and the watch you want and the car you want. It's like a big picture of stuff or maybe you have a picture of a beach and a happy family and a marriage. But it's what you're moving towards. The reason we put a vision board on the wall is so you know what you're driving towards. Part of your plan for the future can be how much money you want to make per month. I can quit my job when my passive revenue equals X. I need this much money in a savings account before I can start traveling full time. All of these numbers are absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with putting these together and I encourage you to do it. I encourage you to find your dream future by putting a pyramid in front of you. Now you have a vision for your business for the future. And this is really powerful because it takes away the vagueness from your dreams. You're no longer wanting what, wondering what you're running towards. Now you know. And you'll continue to solidify and concrete it. Because I have this outline of my business, I can continually modify and grow my business. I can say, where do I need to put the most effort? And I'm constantly adding different components and modules and pieces to my business based on what's happening with my customers, with my audience, with my sales numbers, all those statistics we talked about in the previous episode. When you're planning what to build first, I want you to go back and listen to my previous episodes on surveying your list and quizzing them and asking questions and finding out what your audience wants. And also you should listen to the previous episode on webinars because what you can do is find out if people want something without building it. What I like to do if I have a new product idea, first thing I do is I run it by Paris. This happened actually yesterday or two days ago. I got an email this week from someone who was asking about the Serve the Master graphic novel and they said, hey, don't you have a course on how to make comic books? Right now I don't. What I actually have is a bonus training on it and one of my, it's a bonus for one of my courses on, on authorship. I, I did an hour long training on my process and how I put together the comic book, but I don't have an actual course on it. And I said, oh, Paris, do you think this is a good idea? And she shot me down because it's a, one person's ever asked about it. That means it goes to the bottom of the list. So the first thing is it goes to my team or my advisors and they say, oh no, that's, that's a crazy idea. But if it passes that test and 80% of the time my ideas do, then we survey the audience. We might post in the tribe and say, hey, what do you think of these ideas? Are you interested in any of these? To get a feel, if we get no responses, if we get no votes, if no one is active, or if we get all no's, then we know it's a bad idea. If I do get some traction, then I'll write a webinar. And I'll do a live call and I'll say, here's what I'm building, da 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 da. 
you're the first people on board, so I'll, here's a very special price. And then I see if people buy it. I want to find out if people want to come on board for this business model. And people aren't interested. If I sell less than 10 units, then it's not worth my time to do it live. If I sell more than 10, then that defrays my cost of building the course in both time and treasure. So I build that part of my pyramid out. Often what I'll do when I'm posting a survey question is I'll list like 10 of my pyramid ideas and I'll say, vote for which one of these is most interesting to you. I don't even ask people what they'll buy because no one really knows what they'll buy. I'm just trying to get a rough barometer, see which way the wind is blowing. And then with a live training call with selling something before you've built it, then you don't invest unnecessary time because sometimes my ideas are wrong. Sometimes I'll run a webinar and no one wants it. And I go, okay, now I know. My success does not come from my brilliant ability to predict the future. It comes from my ability to adapt to change. If you have no vision for the future, you'll end up with no future. If you don't work on your business plan early, you don't start working on it now, you'll get to a point where you have to make a pivot decision and suddenly you're scrambling for ideas. There's nothing worse than trying to think of an idea and trying to create something. It's two different parts of your mind. And so you don't want to mingle those two things. You want to keep them separate. This is why I have a notebook filled with book ideas. Sometimes I just sit, sit down and write down any idea I have for a product or a course or a book or a coloring book. And those all go to a big old list. And other times I take that exact same list and I just start writing outlines, rough outlines. And if you're using mind map and that's fine. I do mind map sometimes. You just draw your inner circle, then your next outer circle, then the layer be around that. So it might be on three different sessions, months or even years apart where you add different elements because it just depends when the creativity or the mood strikes you. Building in this way allows you to lean into your creativity and work on what you're in the mood for rather than work on what you have to. See, if you've got 20 product ideas and outlines ready to go, when the time comes and you need to see what people are interested in or you need to build something, you don't have to go back into outlining phase. You don't have to go into creative phase. You can just build. You then just find out what's the best idea. And the same concept applies to every other decision you make in your business. I look at pyramids or plans for the future of how we invest money and how I direct money to different team members or different projects or different investment or different types of ads. It's the exact same thing. About a year ago, I wrote down a list of my ideal team. Now, it wasn't quite perfect since I've added people to the team. I've, you start to see what people are really good at and not really good at, and you want people to be in their area of excellence. The other day, I was having a conversation with my SEO expert, and she thought I was asking her if I wanted her to design images for social media. So I was buying this social media software. I need to assign someone on the team to do it. And she was, I'm not really good at that. I said, no, no, I would never ask you to do that. It's outside your area of excellence. Right now, I actually have the, my video editor do, working on these because visual stuff falls into his area of excellence. I didn't know until he did a bunch and he did a fine job if he could do it. But so far, it turns out he can, which is great. So I said, no, this belongs to the creative type. My video editor who adds graphics and visual elements and all of those things and works with Photoshop to put together some of the slides, he's already doing some visual stuff. Probably this falls into his area of skill set, and it does. And we may train another team member on this. But because I have a board, an original board with the holes I want to put people into, all the different roles I want to fill, that board is now full. And now when I look, I go, okay, here's where I have a need. As we're growing, there's different things we see. Oh, you know what? The business is slightly different. But that original plan helped me to fill in those right pieces. I wrote down who I wanted, how many hours a week I think of work would require, the salary budget they have. And we just built from that forecasting and planning and strategies like one of the things about online business is that we can get away with not doing it in the olden days of 20 years ago if you wanted to start a business you had to have a really really tight business plan very professional usually you had to go to business school or get someone who went to business school to write one that's in the format to take it to your bank to ask for a loan and a business plan 
It's very similar. If you ever watch investing shows, it's exactly the same thing. People go to raise money before they build a business. Some do. They say, oh, I have no revenue. We're pre-revenue, which is a really cool way of saying broke. But here's our idea and here's our plan. If you don't have a really good plan, you don't have a really good idea, you don't have a really good explanation of how you're going to turn that into a business, no one will give you money. But if you have an amazing plan, everyone will. Because we're solo entrepreneurs, because we start on our own, because we work from home, we skip this step, unfortunately. I'm just as guilty of this as anyone else. Much of what I teach you in these podcast episodes comes from my own experience or my own inadequacies. I don't want you to have to repeat my mistakes. I want you to have a shorter path of success based on my experiences, my wins, and my losses. You need a plan that says, this is what I'm going to build. This is how long it will take. This is how it's going to make money. This is how long it takes to go to profit positive. This is how long it takes to go to break even. This is how long until I can quit my job. Having those numbers in place will motivate you and drive you. Absolutely. So I encourage you to start your business plan with something simple, like a pyramid. And then as you grow, like I have, the next thing I built was my team structure. And now we're doing more and more of this organization. That's why this year, most of my conversations with my team member are, are about my project management software and how we can make it better, how we can improve process flows, how we can improve communication, how we can have better SOPs and checklists. And all of that comes down to forecasting and planning for the future. Now I want to build a business that has all the pieces a real business has there. So now I have my team, I'm planning for turnover, that if someone outgrows my business or decides to go on to do their own thing or has a life change, the business will continue to go on because we've built a structure and a process that's not just inside each person's head. Now that the team is so big, it's very hard for me to manage everyone with just my thoughts. I have to use project management software. Last night, I was giving an assignment to my developer. I was outlining and roadmapping how I want to improve our opt-in forms across the entire website across pop-ups and at the end of blog post appearances and our sidebars. And how First, I want to get the tech in place. And so I recorded a 20-minute video. I then sent him some instructions in our private chat software. And then I went to our project manager software and I created a card that had a, a, a task list of all the different steps in the process and then a checklist below that of the different free gifts I wanted him to build around. So we put that entire process in place and now I know that he can do it. And what I want you to understand, and hopefully this is coming across right now, is not that I'm so lucky that I have workers because I actually got up last night. I got up at midnight when my internet turns on. My entire plan was to just start building out all these things myself. And I started working. I realized I don't remember how to do it because, you know, it's hard to keep up with technology forever. I knew how to do it two years ago. And then a lot of things changed. The software we're using changes and I'm not as good as, as I used to be. So I asked him to do it. I realized it's a more better, a better use of my time to create the plan and then pass it on to someone else to do. And then I can create the next plan. I can spend more time creating podcast episodes for you guys. So forecasting the future, planning for the future, putting structures in place. Every time I record one of those videos and we create a structure, then the next person who comes in and has to work on that project, they have those assets, those instructions in place. That's what we're trying to build. That's how we go from pyramid to TOE to project manager software. I want you to see that it's a process flow. And if you want to know what tools I'm currently using, you can find them in the links below this video on YouTube or links below this the podcast episode on the Serve to Master blog, and you can also find it in the show notes. We put it in all three places so it's easy for you to find, and I encourage you to see what's the right fit for you. I've actually been through def 10 different project management softwares. I've tried them all. I've tried Rike, and I've tried Trello, and I've tried Asana. I've been through all of them, and Trello we worked with for a year, and then we outgrew it. It's really good for a certain size team, but then as my team started getting bigger and bigger, the bills got quite unwieldy, and I was like, if I change to another platform, I can actually hire another employee, which is definitely a sign it's time to make some changes. And some of the more powerful features we were looking for, we found on another platform. So 
it's very possible that we'll change platforms again and again and again. So that's why we always update the links because what I'm using is always growing and modifying as my business grows. But it's all about planning for the future. That's how you build a business instead of a hobby. And I'm really, really excited to see you build your product pyramids. And if you want to take a picture of it or draw it online and share the link below this video, I will absolutely check it out. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. And I can't wait to see your product pyramid. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next Tuesday with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you Tuesday. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.